like you said, it's like the international game is very big. Mm -hmm. I think you see the market a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but like our professional, I mean, that we have the NWSL here in the United States, mm -hmm. which is our women's professional league. And it's not always easy to access video footage or even watch those games. Hey podcast, before we get into today's podcast, just want to say thank you to you and everybody that listens to the podcast and watches us across all platforms. Second of all, two things, your feedback means the world to us. We appreciate everybody that's left comments and reviews. Uh, so don't forget to leave your comment and review on this podcast and any of the other podcasts. Uh, so that we know what you guys want to listen to next and follow and subscribe to listen and we hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey podcast, it's Brian. In this episode, Jimmy and I sat down last year before the Women's World Cup to talk our predictions, the impact that the game has had globally, some of the challenges that we see and we face in girls soccer and women's soccer development, and helping grow an identity for soccer here in the United States. As always, comment and leave a review, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Brian. And I'm Jimmy. And this is Pod Football. The Women's World Cup is upon us. We've got some great teams that'll be out there. The US, France, Spain, Japan, countless teams. Brazil will be there. Some pretty good competition. And we've seen a huge growth in the development of the women's soccer game globally. Yeah, it's been massive. I mean, women's soccer, it's been growing very quickly um, across the world. Um, you know, the U.S. initiated that first, I think, movement, um, you know, making women's soccer a big thing in the world globally. Um, the U.S. women's national team obviously has won the World Cup numerous times, mm -hmm. um, you know. They've been that um, that staple um, in the women's game as that that competitive team, that top team. They're always there, um, and so it's really nice to see that there's other nations growing the game in their in their country, and they're starting to get up to the level that our U.S. Women's National Team is at now. Yeah, there's teams that are starting to compete, so we're starting to see teams even out. Yeah, massively, you know? definitely even out. I mean, I think. Some of our these countries, um, these bigger nations, you know, teams like Brian mentioned earlier, you know, we've got Japan, we've got um, France, you know, um, England, uh, the Brazil, Netherlands, the Netherlands, right? I mean, Norway, uh, Sweden, you know, these big um, Icelandic nations, you know, that are coming in very strong. And they've really applied their uh, youth development model, I think, mm -hmm. that they used from their, their male counterparts. Um, on their male side and have really applied it towards their female and I think more encouragement from those nations encouraging females to be a part of sport um, you know not just soccer but you know, or football but also you know other sports and so I think they're getting this growth for women and in women empowerment and I think it's really strong leading into this cycle for the World Cup I think you see you're gonna see a lot of really good teams and some really good really good soccer and really good football being played this Women's World Cup. So Jimmy, we both work with female soccer players at different age groups. You work with the, with the youth groups yeah. and I work uh, with the collegiate age women. Um, what are some of the things that you've noticed about the youth girls soccer player? 
Yeah, yeah, girls soccer, boys soccer has, you know, it's a little bit different, but I mean, from your perspective, Brian, like you're saying, at least for the younger girls that I've been working with um, and what I have been in the past, I would say that the female soccer players, young girls, they are extremely smart. They are very, very smart. Um, they are very team oriented. Mm -hmm. um, they are not so um, individual, I would say. Um, they are very excited to be a part of a team. They want to help their teammates. They want to be friends with their teammates. They want to make this personal connection, I think. And I think that's extremely valuable. Uh, I also am starting to see some really fantastic um, soccer players, um, some very athletic individuals. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they are they are growing quickly um, the girls that I have seen over the years um, have gone almost night and day I've seen a massive growth in some individuals from one year to the next um, sometimes not even being able to recognize their mm -hmm. their abilities and they're playing on the field um, just because they've grown so much um, you know I've seen a huge difference there between the boys and the girls is that the girls can grow huge amounts over a short span of time compared to some of the the boys teams that I've worked mm -hmm. with in the past. Now it's it, it, it's it's nice that you mention about the girls player that is team oriented because um, at the college level players are team oriented but I feel like sometimes when there is adversity or they're under pressure they they forget they forget about the team. They go into a little bit of their shell, and it's normal. You're under pressure, but I feel like sometimes they they want to do the job on their own, and it's very difficult to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that I've seen um, our older women struggle with. One thing that I've seen, there are some women that did grow up playing with boys yeah. and guys, and you can definitely tell those girls apart. It isn't very difficult to, to note the difference. Um, and I think some of the things that those women possess are just more fluidity in the game. And again, when those adverse moments do occur, um, they're able to solve those problems a little bit better. No, no uh, definitely. I think it does a huge benefit for females to play with males, you know, girls to play with boys, uh, women to play with men. I think those are all, all definite bonuses. But I do think that also potentially maybe one of the reasons why female athletes or female soccer players in this situation are, you know, starting to go over and play more with boys, men, you know, males. I think also maybe, and one of the reasons why they're developing quickly is not a, it's not a bad thing, but it's, you know, the, the men's game is very easily accessible on TV. It's very mm -hmm. easy to watch. Um, you know, it's also easy to find a, a, a men's league game, mm -hmm. you know, on a weekend or a Sunday morning, you know, out at, by a local field that maybe by some by your community in your in your city, I don't see that a lot with the women's game. You don't see a lot of women's games being played like that. And there's a lot of, I would say, a lot of females that are out there that would want to be a part of something like that. Mm -hmm. I just don't think we have enough of it. It's almost like the female market's been closed off, and it's almost like it's not been able to get itself out there. I mean, I think more female athletes would more female soccer players would watch the game if it was more easily accessible for them. Of course. Um, for people like myself that don't have cable and all that, I mean, all I see is men's soccer on TV. 
um, your social media feed on social media um, very rarely and it does pop up but very rarely do I see highlights of women um, unless it's like national team level yeah the national um, internationally definitely like you said it's like the international game is very big mm -hmm. I think you see the market a lot easier yeah um, but like our professional I mean that we have the NWSL here in the United States mm -hmm. which is our women's professional league and it's not always easy to access video footage or even watch those games. I mean, last year for me, I was trying to watch some of the NWSL games and the streaming service would crash. Yeah. You know, and so trying to give, convince and get young, you know, youth girls soccer players to watch soccer, I think it's ideal for them to watch women play. Yeah. And so when I'm referencing to my the girls to, you know, to watch soccer... It's been a challenge, you know, because the only thing that I can really offer up to them is, hey, did you watch the U.S. Women's National Team game? Mm -hmm. Rather than, True. did you go watch Sky Blue FC, uh, Seattle Rain, Portland Thorns play, Houston Dash, you know, yeah. the NWSL teams? I know it's very common, but even seeing younger girls' teams show up to the college game. Do you guys have those teams showing up during those college games yeah and and there's always local teams and it's always good i mean it obviously f makes our women feel good um because their support you know there's people out there cheering us on um um but also it's it's an opportunity for that young player to see soccer at the next level i think it is extremely important and you are tasked with one of the most difficult um projects i think one of the most difficult projects that the the U.S. has at developing the successor of 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 the throne. Um, we've seen some very successful women's national teams in recent years. Definitely, um, I think we have a good group right now, and I think that um, we um, should be focused on developing a competitive group ready to to take charge and follow in in their footsteps. No, definitely. You know, I think. Like you're saying, Brian, from the perspective, it's it's growing, it's getting there, it's mm -hmm. getting better. Um, but I do think sometimes at the girls' level of soccer, it's sometimes coaches are trying to find a blueprint. Like mm -hmm. almost like this is the way to do it. Yeah. This is how you develop girls' soccer players. And, and that's the only way to do it kind of process. Uh, you know, I think sometimes we've, we are trying to put them in a box. Yeah and say that they are different from from males. We understand there are differences, but what say that we can't have more creative players like a female Iniesta or a female player that's like Busquets? Are we seeing these types of younger girls coming into the game? I understand like US Women's National Team, we have Mallory Puy, you know, younger female that's breaking in and at a very young age into our national team. But why can't we have more of those? You know, are we as coaches not providing that enough um, freedom of expression to female athletes? We feel like we need to contain them, you know, or are we just trying to treat them differently? Whereas I don't really see it that way. We're developing soccer players, you know, what the what the male side, that's the female side can do just as well. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of pigeonholing them and giving them a box and saying that you can't get there. I don't see that, that being the situation. I think we need to keep it open so that those players can develop and get to that level. I mean, at least 
this is just my personal opinion. I've you know they see the women's teams from Spain and the women's teams from Brazil, and you compare them to their men's teams. You know you're starting to see a similar style of play mm-hmm. being across between the two, between the U.S. men's national team and the U.S. women's national team. I see you know two different styles of play. Now I understand there's two different styles of two different coaches, but. You know, these countries have a designed style of an play, identity. an identity, mm-hmm. where our U.S. men's national team and our women's national team don't really have that. They all they do have their own identity, but not an identity as a country.